Well, good morning, good morning. It's so good to see so many faces around here. I was like, you know, it kind of, it, it's, it's kind of hard. It gets harder and harder. I don't know if you've noticed that, but anytime like break happens, it's just like, man, I miss everybody so much. Like, what have they done? What, where are they, what are they doing? Where are they going? It's, it's like family. It is Ohana, right? It's family. So I hope everybody had a great winter break. Uh, we had to wait an extra week to all come together to see your faces. I know a lot of you guys are in, in a lot of the life groups or in other ministries, and I just don't get to see you unless it's on Sunday morning. So what a blessing to get to see everybody and, and uh, yeah, come back together to worship together. Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. Represent. Well, I do hope you guys had a great uh, break, and I hope you're getting into the swing of things. We've had two weeks. My name is Joshua Ortega. For those of you that don't uh, know, maybe you're new here. We want to welcome you guys. We're H2O Church. We're a simple church plant on a college campus. So H2O is a network that plants churches on college campuses. And Wright State is one of those college universities. So praise God. God is doing a great thing here. This is uh, our third year. We're closing up our third year having service here on campus. So we're still babies, but God is moving. How do we like the new room? Is it a... Yeah, it's not, it's not that bad. At first, I was like, there's desks and chairs, but you know what? You have a place to set your coffee, right, Isaac? Yeah, that's right. That's great. Well, everybody looks great, and we're really excited to kick off the semester, and I hope you come with an expectant heart, and uh, especially this morning as God brings us word. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Thank you for your presence. Lord, we want to thank you for all of our first-time visitors and our freshmen coming in this semester. Thank you, Lord, for everyone who's gathered here today to worship you because you're worthy. We want to be encouraged. We want to be strengthened as we come together as one in and with you. Lord, we ask that you would pour out your love on us, that you would guide us with your truth, and that you would empower us by your spirit. And we ask that for H2O, AIA, IFI, Crew, Chi Alpha, Christians on Campus, the Gospel Choir, Rock Campus Fellowship, the High Praise Dance Team, the Chinese Christian Fellowship, Lord, we pray that you would bless CMC, Ratio Christi, and all the Bible studies that just gather and take place here on this campus. And we thank you for everyone seeking you, Lord. We pray a blessing on our partner churches, and we pray uh, that you would bless their efforts and uh, that your kingdom would be expanded through just loving you and simple obedience. Lord, we finally ask that you would bless um, the churches around the world, our brothers and sisters just being persecuted, who are pressing in despite extreme opposition, despite super hard circumstances, loss of life, imprisonment. We pray that you would bless our brothers and sisters around the world and that we would join in with them to seek you, to love you, to embrace you, to choose you today. We ask that, Lord. We ask for a word from you today and I ask that you would give us ears to hear and see, and eyes to see you as I relay this message. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're kicking off a new semester, and with a new semester just comes, uh, well, the new semester starts with the new year, and who, who does, I talked to our small group, and really nobody was doing New Year's resolutions. Does anybody do that still? A couple people? All right, let's see what's up. All right, a couple people. All right, that's good. Well, um, 
I don't, I don't know if I have a New Year's resolution, but I did start, like, a diet a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm going to start trimming down a little bit some salad. Thank you. Thank you. I try. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, we just want to come together as a church. And last year, um, we did something called Reset. We went through a devotional book last year. And we just want to equip you guys as students uh, with resources, with provisions. If you guys go out there and explore the different, the new fit tables, they're really like practical and and look really good. Thank you, Lord, for those. But um, we've got missional resources out there. We got little tracks. We got, if you have questions about things, we got bracelets and banjo cubes to share the gospel. But we bought these books today. It's actually a crew resource. It's from the crew ministry, and it's called Pact. It's a 28-day devotional that we're going to go through as a church. And so everybody gets one of these books on their way out, and be sure to grab one. And it's just an awesome devotional, and it's really for the nations, like having a heart for the nations, because God's heart is for the nations, amen? We see that in the first promise with Abraham. But even more so, like, America's a nation. And I don't know if you know this, but like 10% of Wright State students are international students. And so uh, coming from... Over 60 countries from around the world. And so you have this amazing, beautiful opportunity to have the world right here in your backyard. But even more so, uh, just college campus is, is this whole world in itself. And I want you guys to have a heart as you read through this that God wants to do something amazing with you. So here's your prayer challenge for each devotional. At the end of each devotional, there is going to be uh, some questions like, read this chapter. And here's two questions uh, to, to think about after you read a chapter. But this is your prayer that I want you to pray after each, because it doesn't give you that. I want you to say, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. I'm willing to do whatever you want after every devotional. Just, just sit on that for a minute. Stew on it. Posture your heart and just really sincerely, Lord, I don't know how, I don't see my story in this story yet, but you could use me. See, the Bible's filled with imperfect people. The only perfect one was Jesus Christ. But they were all willing to listen and obey. And some went pretty stubborn. You think about Jonah and the well, and you think about Gideon and stuff. They were pretty stubborn, but God still got them. There's a lot of grace. There's grace for you too. So, um, yeah, I, Really, when I, when I started praying through this, and I was like, man, Lord, it reminded me of Ryan Clark. Does anybody know Ryan Clark? Yeah, a couple people. Okay, yeah. Medical, medical guy, he's like getting close to finishing up. And yeah, I remember when he started the well, he went through the well, and, uh, which is our six-week discipleship opportunity or experience. And he went home that summer and got baptized, and he sent me his testimony to getting baptized at his home church. And he just said, I, first, I went to school to be a doctor for wealth and for, you know, um, just all the things that come with that prestigiousness, or is that a word? I don't know. But, um, you know, just like, what was it? Someone, prestige, there we go. Yeah, to be prestige or whatever. It came with some stuff. It came with the title, PhD. So, you know, he's like, at first, I went to school for that. But after going through the well and after just saying, Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done, I realized that I'm going to school to be a doctor for God's glory. And he went on his first international mission trip with a medical team. And he's just like has a huge heart for this now, and God's using him. 
How is God going to use you, right? And that's really the heart of this message today, is that how is God going to use you? I had this huge welcome message that we get to hear at the beginning of every semester. It's a good reminder why we need to be in community. And we need this reminder because we live in a culture that's very individualistic, and it's even our like deepest sense of community sometimes seems very, like, very wide but not very deep. And so I love sharing that message, but God pressed upon my heart just due to the circumstances that's going here at Wright State and stuff like that, and, and just the, the heightened sense and the heightened state of everything. That God wanted to share something else, and I just had to be obedient. So I've heard a lot of negativity and uh, just fuel on the fire for the negativity here recently, and even experienced it firsthand. And so I'm really proud. Every time I get around our leaders here at H2O, I'm hearing just life being spoken. And if there's nothing like even positive say, they present hope, you know, like, like there's hope for tomorrow. And um, I was reading the end of this, this devotional, which I'm going to go again through it, but with everybody. But in the end, there's, the, there's this message in Colossians. So you could open up your book to Colossians uh, t- chapter 3. But... It just really reminded me that we are here with a great purpose. You're here with a great purpose. And you may be scratching your head, yeah, but it's right state, hallelujah. But it is right state, and it's a great place. And you've been called here for such a time and for such a purpose. In Proverbs 16.9, if you don't have this highlighted in your Bible, Proverbs 16.9, you need to do it because it's always a good reminder. It says, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. See, we make plans, and sometimes even our plans take us to places that we may not have wanted to go in the first place. Or we don't even know how we wound up there, but we just wound up there. But you see, God is ordaining your steps. You can trust that God is getting you where you need to, to go. And he wants to use you in a mighty way. And I guarantee you it's not to add fuel to the fire as far as all the negativity or the problem. He's come. He's brought you to be a solution. He's brought his mission to the field. And this is the field. And you guys have been brought here with great purpose. You guys have been set apart. I think of Esther, and God alludes to this in Esther, that she was basically called there for such a time, for such a place, for such a purpose. If you don't know the story of Esther, it's a wonderful book in the Old Testament. And it's this young woman who ends up marrying uh, a Babylonian king, and uh, she's a Jewish girl, or a Jewish woman. And, um, and God just uses her through a series of circumstances to really rescue her country from being wiped out and she's like why am I here I had to be brought in here I was brought in here against my own will like I really don't care if I marry the king like whatever God's will and her uncle's just like she doesn't even want to go before the king because she's so scared of what could happen and her uncle just reminds her that you may not do what God is asking to be done Someone else will take your place. But is that an opportunity that you want to miss? I'm kind of summarizing this passage. Is that something you want to miss? Is this a time that you want to miss here at right state? In eternity to say, I 
could shine bright right now. I could bring life into a conversation. I could bring hope into a conversation. I could bring peace into a conversation. I could love others the way God loves me despite any negative feedback or hurt. I could have an unoffendable heart like Jesus had at the cross. See, God guides people like Esther. Show me one place in the Bible where it was easy. Show me one place. This is a hard time for many people, for many students. It's a hard time for our city because this is our our university for the city. This is a hard time for the state. There's a lot going on here. But God's got a plan. And just like Esther, we could be set apart. Let's look at what it looks to be set apart. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 and 12 through 17. So 1 through 4 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your God or when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And then it jumps over to verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones. You are God's chosen ones. Holy and beloved. You are holy and beloved. Holy means we just did this Bible study over our winter break in our house church. Holy just means to be set apart. God is holy. He is set apart. And he has called you, his beloved, to be set apart. You are holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Be thankful. Mm. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts, to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Powerful. Soak that up. Put that on. Amen? This is just one you just need to chew on, graze on for the rest of the week. Like, bust this open and just like, yes, yes, Lord, I, I want this. I'm not going to leave this passage till I see it in my life. Be like a dog with a bone. Like, I'm not going to give it up. I want this. We're holy. We're set apart. You have the power, the authority, if you know your identity, to change the world. Change what's around you. There's a battle every day to fight. And I'm sorry, but it's just true. There's a battle every day. And if you haven't seen it yet, you're just going to get swept off your feet by it one day and by, by surprise. But it, there is a battle every day, and we got to choose God. 
Last, last semester, we did our spiritual warfare series, and, um, and in this series, we had uh, my babylicious babe taught on King Jehoshaphat, and it was a great message on um, just coming in with prayer, pray, or prayer, thanks, and praise. Prayer, thanks, and praise. See, King Jehoshaphat, I just read another article on this, and it was really cool because um, while I was reading this, I found out that this impossible circumstance that he faced, which you could go back and listen to the message, um, this impossible battle he was facing, like guaranteed death, he, because he postured himself, he brought victory into, uh, for his people, for Israel. And the thing is, is they named, this is what this article said, they named the valley the valley of blessings. His greatest fear, his greatest obstacle for his kingdom, for his time of being king, the time that he was spent there, they ended up naming the valley of blessings. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know if it's hardship here at Wright State. I don't know if it's hardship in your family. I don't know if it's hardship in relationships or at work. But I guarantee you, if you go in with prayer, with prayer, thankfulness and praise, your circumstance will be a valley of blessing if you press in. Your time here doesn't have to be wasted. Your time at this moment, like I said, whether it's with your family or at a job or here at Wright State or wherever, it doesn't have to be in vain. The pain doesn't have to be in vain. The hardship doesn't have to be in vain. The negativity doesn't have to be something you have to just walk by. You're called here for a purpose. You see, our mission statement here at Wright State aligns with identity. It's engage, inform, and inspire. We are to engage people with the love of God. That's your mission statement. I was a soldier. Soldiers are just, you know what? Here's what a soldier does. It's funny. Uh, it's really sad, but if you're in infantry and a soldier in the military, on the army, uh, and you don't have a mission to do, you're mowing the lawns there on the base. That's what you're doing. You're doing groundskeeping, like because you don't have a mission. Our greatest soldiers, our greatest warriors, our frontline guys, because if they don't have a mission, that's why they're always going out to the field all the time. They're like, we got to simulate a mission, man. Nobody wants to stay back and mow lawns and do groundskeeping. We need a mission. What's your mission statement? This is our mission statement. Engage. Engage people with the love of God. You've been loved uniquely. You've been loved with mercy and grace, with forgiveness, with compassion. Love that way. Inform people of the good news. Inform gospel conversations, you know, you hear it all the time, all these weird scenarios, like if a house was burning, would you let them die and all that stuff? But, you know, if someone's drowning, would you let them drown? Same thing, like uh, Penn and Teller, the Penn, he's like, man, how much do you have to hate somebody not to share Jesus with them if you think this is really the truth? You know, like it's part of our mission statement. It should be part of a conviction that we have. And then finally, inspire. Your life, 
whether it's great or it's hard, your highs and your lows, you don't have to be perfect. I'm not talking about inspire with a perfect life. I'm saying be open about what God's doing in your life and how you're getting through it, and you will inspire people to follow Jesus and change the world. Because I guarantee you, when you share what God's doing in your life, and when you inform people the good news, and when you engage them with the love of God, you will change history for someone. You will change history. This is your great opportunity. When we press in, this is what it looks like. It it does something for us. We press into hardship. First of all, your prayer and relationships with God, it gets deeper when you press in through hard times. I know a lot of you can already testify to that. Your trust in God is getting stronger if you're trusting God's ways, doing it his ways. Your understanding of God, it increases. A lot of times we think we know God and we think we got it down, but the, the more mature our relationship, it's just like, ah, that's what you meant, Lord. And then your love for God is increasing. You have a choice today. Maybe you're, not, maybe you're not affected by everything, or maybe you're not going through anything right now. But man, I tell you what, we have a saying in the military, it's, it's in a time of peace we prepare for war. Even Jesus said, he said, this thing, this demon that was cast out, it can only be cast out by prayer and fasting, like a storing up during a time of peace. You know what I'm saying? Don't let just, don't go to God during our hard circumstances. That's, that's an early relationship. That's an early relationship with somebody, is you just go to them for the good times, right? I remember dating Carrie, my babylicious babe. It was all about always the good times, right? We were trying to make every moment perfect, and I still try to make every moment perfect, but unfortunately, like, when you live 24 hours together, not every moment's perfect. Hallelujah. It, it deepens, and your relationship deepens, because you realize, like, we try to make every moment perfect with the Lord, that what we can, but sometimes we just have to realize it's hard, and we get to choose to love him today. We get to choose to pray and ask for time with him when schedules are busy and things are hard. I think about this uh, I've just recently experienced this on campus, and last semester and this semester, just hardship. And someone um, really just got, was, was angry, and I really think it's due to the circumstances on campus, and we just loved them. And uh, in fact, we invited them over for Christmas after the whole circumstance and Thanksgiving, and uh, we just continue to love and pray and thank God for them. And um, I just found out here recently that they're plugged into an amazing Christian uh, community here on campus and that they're following God. And we were able to hug and just high-five and encourage one another and stuff like that. But it all comes out of an unoffendable heart. Jesus said it's easy to love somebody who loves you, but it's hard to love people, maybe professors that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing or students that are just outlashing or um, just... Maybe a parent or that, that's broken in a broken circumstance or a friend that's going through a hard time and taking it out on you. Like, I don't know what your circumstance is, but I'm telling you what I do know is you have a choice on how to handle those circumstances. And that makes all the difference. Let me pray for the campus real quick, and then we're going to, um, we're going to go into some communion, and uh, it'll be good. So, Lord, I just thank you for Wright State University. I thank you so much, 
Father God, for this awesome campus that you see, that you love. And I thank you for all the, the Christian um, ministries on this campus that thrive, are thriving with you, providing a community and a respite, a safe haven for, you, for your people and for others to come to in the midst of this hard time. But Lord, we pray for the leaders that you would give them peace, whether they know you or they don't know you, that you would give them wisdom to govern this campus. Lord, we pray for uh, peace over the whole body, from, from leadership to faculty, administration, professors, students, just your peace. And Lord, I pray that your people walk as beloved, holy ones, set apart, and will burn bright in the midst of extreme darkness. We pray that. We pray for mercy. We ask these things out of an act of mercy, Lord. That your mercy would pour out on this campus and provide those things. And that we would see an outpouring of love through that mercy. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. See, we're going to do communion here in a minute. And communion is a sacred time. It's a beautiful opportunity to reflect on that God loved you when you were still an enemy of his. That's what the Bible says. He loved you. He's for you. And the thing is, is despite whether it took a long time for you to come to know God or what, what, no matter what you did, he loves you. No matter what you're doing, he loves you. And communion's an opportunity to like just review, like, God, you saved me and you're still just loving me. You're sanctifying me every day. I get to choose you every day. And I remember what you did and I remember where I came from and I'm no better than anybody else. I just know that I'm loved by you and that makes all the difference. But here's the thing, if we do this, if you remember this, but you're, if you're holding anything in your heart against somebody, and you're not forgiving somebody, like you're, you're being, you're two-faced. And God doesn't like that. He says, forgive that person. So posture your heart. If, you're, if you've had odds with somebody, just bless them. Say, Lord, I forgive them and I want to bless them. If someone's hurt you or Maybe just someone's caused hardship in your life and you've just have some tension. And only if the Holy Spirit brings it up. Just take a moment and say, I forgive them like you forgave me, Lord. And I just pray that you bless them. And the battle's not against flesh and blood, but it's against spiritual principalities. So I just, I pray that you rescue both of us from this circumstance. And then as we're listening to worship, Go up and, and partake it. There's, there's a blue light back there. It has communion. And um, just go back there and remember that that body was broken for you, broken into pieces. It was, Old Testament says he was beat beyond recognition. He would be beaten beyond recognition, mutilated, torn apart. That's what that bread represents back there. Jesus said, that represents my body and the wine or our cranberry juice uh, 
That bitterness represents the blood that he gave out of love for you, you, you. He loves you so much. So take that knowing that he gave his life. It wasn't taken, he gave it for you. And if that doesn't inspire you, meet up with somebody because we'll walk through it. There is infinite and intimate love for you, hope for your circumstances. If he did this for you yesterday, he'll do it for you today. He's not done with you. He's not done with you. He's gonna use you.